Okay, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Cullen II, and with me, as always, is... Matthew Haas. Matthew Haas. Yes. So, today on the show, we have an All Too interview with actor... Um, stand-up comic and voiceover artist Mark Christopher Lawrence um, best known as Big Mike on the TV show um, Chuck or as the esoteric DJ Tone Deaf in the 1994 satirical rap mockumentary Fear of a Black Hat <laughs> um, he has also appeared in uh, films such as Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Tales from the Hood Planet of the Apes uh, Lost Treasure, and The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Um, he's been on numerous TV shows like My Name is Earl, Crossing Jordan, Heroes, Dharma and Greg, Touched by an Angel, Malcolm in the Middle, um, Malcolm and Eddie, Men Behaving Badly, Seinfeld, um, Murphy Brown. Um, he, he's also featured on the radio series Adventures in Odyssey as Ed Washington, which is a... Uh, Really cool religious uh, show. Um, he uh, that's been on the air forever. <laughs> He's uh, yeah, he grew up in uh, Compton, California. Um, so yeah, really interesting stories. Um, really great guy to talk to. Um, you know, you'll know him if you see him. He's been in a lot of things, and uh, I'm a big fan of Chuck, so I enjoyed talking to him because of that. Um, I think I felt a little nervous interviewing him for some reason. Don't, <laughs> don't know why, but, you know, that's what happens. So, um, do you want to just jump right into the interview here, Matt? Yeah, man, sounds good. Okay, so here's my interview that I just had the other day with Mark Christopher Lawrence. All right, first off, um, just wanted to say thanks for uh, taking time out to talk to us here. <laughs> uh, thank you, man. Yeah, um, so um, how are uh, things going for you? I know the last year or so has been kind of crazy for everybody, so just... Yeah, it's, 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 been, <laughs> it's, it's been rough. But, but, you know, I haven't really needed anything. So I think, you know, God is looking out for me. That, that's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, what, uh, um, first off, uh, because we, we talk about a lot about, um, you know, movies and stuff on this podcast. Um, what was the, how did you get involved into acting and comedy and everything? How, what, uh, what led you to that? Well, I had a teacher in the 10th grade that got me involved in, in, in speech, uh, forensics, they called it back yeah. then. 
And um, that ultimately led to a scholarship to the University of Southern California. And uh, but that same year in the 10th grade, you know, my speech teacher, um, Mrs. Schilling, she was actually my English teacher. She introduced me to a man named Perry Brent, who was kind of my mentor. And he was at USC at the time, and he was producing these shows called um, uh, uh, Evening of Soul. And they were like a variety show and, you know, with comics. And he was friends with Rusty Cundiff, who uh, I met when I was in 11th grade. And Rusty wrote and directed a lot of the Chappelle show. And so Rusty and I became good friends. And uh, But I, after doing one of those shows from him, for him, <clears throat> the comedy bug bit me. And uh, I went and did three minutes at an open mic at, at uh, the comedy store in Hollywood. Awesome. <laughs> and came off stage after getting bumped by Robin Williams. Robin <laughs> Williams came in <laughs> two people ahead of me and did 45 minutes. Jesus. I was supposed to go on at, I was supposed to go on at 10, ended up getting up at midnight. <laughs> and I came off stage and Louis Anderson said, hey, you got something, kid. Keep, keep writing. <laughs> And that was the beginning of of the comedy. And the same teacher put me in my first play. That's awesome. Which was Bus Stop. I played the learned professor in Bus Stop. That's cool. And, you know, so that was when I got bit by the acting bug. But I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do until I got to USC and took a, a voice class for speaking and centering. I was already a junior. And uh, the instructor says, well, you can't pass the class unless you do two monologues and two song, two songs. So I did that. And then he talked me into auditioning for the Bachelor of Fine Arts acting program at USC. And I got in and I was already a junior. <laughs> so they put me in, it's a four year program. They put me in as a sophomore. They had three open slots. So myself and Tommy Ford, who was on uh, the Martin show as Tommy. Oh yeah. Uh, he and I, and uh, this young lady, Sabina Weber took those three spots. And I started working professionally the same year in theater and in television. Cool. And so that was the beginning of that, and you know, the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> so, um, what, um, uh, yeah, um, so, so, like, yeah, you said Tommy Ford was in there too. So I know you ended up, yeah. uh, ended up being on Martin and stuff. So was it cool to work with him later on again? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's funny. There's, there's been two, two TV shows that I'm credited with that I actually did not do the work. Oh, really? and you know when you when you do a, a, when you get hired as a guest star, um, if they write you out, if they write the part out, then you still get paid, and gotcha. and, and they still pay you residuals. So <laughs> it's and so so it was that show so and you, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So you weren't neither one. <laughs> I wasn't either one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Mar I Martin in years, so I would just assume digging when it said in, right. on, on Wikipedia that you were in it. So yeah, so. right. But, but Tommy and I did a lot of other stuff together. We did a lot of theater together, and uh, you know he was like a brother to me. It's like we we were we were uh, you know thickest thieves. That's cool. Um, what um so so you said that uh, Louis Anderson told you that you got something. Um, was, yeah. Was, was that was that very encouraging to you? Because I know Louis's a legend. So that was that was really awesome to me because my friend Lennon, who you know another influence on my life you know, drove me to the comedy store and he and I actually started doing a team comedy thing together. And then, and then when I got to college, uh, 
you know, we sort of split up and did our separate things. But, but uh, yeah, Louis, you know, we had seen Louis several times before I even signed up for the open, open mic. And I just thought he was brilliant. Yeah. Yes. So it was great to get that feedback from him. <laughs> um, what was the uh, first movie or, uh, or um, TV show that you ended up doing? As an actor. First TV show was Hill Street Blues. That was my first audition. Um, my, my one of my debate uh, speech coaches brought uh, his friend who was an agent to see me in a play at USC, and she gave me a card. She says, "She says, give me a call. She says, let's talk about representation." And I said, "Okay." And so I call her, and she <laughs> brings me into the office, and we talk about it. And you know, I had never auditioned for anything before other than plays, uh, you know, in, in school, and then so. Um, she says, we got to get you some pictures. And I was broke, man. You know, from Compton, single parent. And, <laughs> and she, she paid for my first pictures, you know. And and I, I ended up using those pictures for like 11 years. <laughs> finally, they were like, we should get you some new pictures. Because you, you uh, although you look the same, you know, these pictures have been out there for a while. So let's <laughs> let's get some new pictures. <laughs> you got some dough now. You can buy pictures. <laughs> I'm like, <"All> right. <laughs> Well, you might as well use yeah. them if you can. <laughs> hey, 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 I got this whole box of them, so let's keep going. <laughs> it's like I, I, I had an issue where I uh, I changed the name of, because uh, I'm, I'm a filmmaker, I changed the name of my production company, but I still have, I still have, and I'm never going to be able to use them, like about 2,000 business cards from when my old... <laughs> So just like, you you got to do like that sketch on In Living Color, just scratch the number out, <laughs> just right on the back of them. You know, hey, uh, yeah, this is this is me, but this is the new number on the back. <laughs> the, um, so um, most people probably know you as Big Mike on Chuck, which I'm a huge fan of that show. So that's yeah, that's basically where I know you best from. Um, well, I get I get recognized from two things mostly: yeah. fear of a black hat, yeah, and Chuck, yeah. So th- those two things is usually what people recognize me from. Yeah. That's that's awesome, yeah. And my voice from Adventures in Odyssey, yeah. That that's yeah. I, I saw that too. Um, like um, first off, yeah. Let's go back to the fear of, fear of a black hat. How did you get in, the, in um, cast in that? Well, Rusty Cundiff, it's 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 his project. You know, he and I you know, had been friends since the eleventh grade. And he called me up one day and said, hey, uh, I have this idea to um, do this project that that uh, thank you, that um, shops my writing, you know, and it's called we're calling it the trial of NWH. Yeah. And I was like, OK, yeah, I'm in. And so, you know, we shoot we shoot it and it's it's a cute little short film. I was in Canada doing stand up and I get a call from Rusty, you know, probably like a year or two later. And he says, hey, ITC Entertainment Group saw the short and they want to make a feature out of it. So uh, where are you? I said, I'm in Canada. He says, when you get back? I said, I said, I'm here for like 18 more days. He goes, all right, well, when you get back, let's go to work. I was nice. like, okay. And that was how that happened. What Was that basically what like catapulted you into like people's like stratosphere, like where they noticed you and everything? No, I think at that point I had already done uh, Terminator Two. Oh, okay, cool. And you know, a lot of sitcoms by, by that point. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, what uh, what would you say is like been your like biggest challenge when it comes to acting or comedy so far in your uh, career? I, I think I've never had a complete team. 
you know, like, like I've had a great agent and no manager or publicist, yeah. or I've had a great manager and publicist was booty and not the good kind. <laughs> and, 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 and I've had a great manager and, and an agent, but no publicists <laughs> or, or, or a bad agent and a great manager. And then, uh, so, so I, I've never had a complete team. And I think, I think, um, you know, being able to put all those pieces together. And I, and I think the first, the first series I was on with George went, had someone said that I needed to publish this at that point, you know, I would have made, I would have went ahead and did that. And I think my career would be slightly different right now. Yeah. Um, uh, but it wasn't until, you know, after that, that I realized, you know, I got it when I'm working on a series, I got to get a publicist because they're only covering number one slot, number two slot. Yeah. You know, the studio just, those two people are who they take care of. Yeah. So, so uh, I've never had a complete team. And, and, I, and I think even now it's like, you know, I have a great agent and great manager and no publicist because <laughs> clearly I'm not on the show. So if I get on the show, then, you know, we'll go ahead and pony up the dough and get a publicist. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you get on Chuck actually back to that? Cause yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm a big fan of that show and that's probably where I know you best from. Um, I, yeah, I, I've, just recently binged watched the whole show again um so <laughs> <laughs> i started watching it recently too i I've, I've never seen the end yeah of it I, I i didn't even read the the final script i just read my stuff yeah yeah because I, I didn't i didn't want it to end because i really i was really enjoying it I, um so to get into it I, I i got an audition it was pilot season and uh i was up for five pilots and chuck for me, wasn't even a series regular. It was a, it was, you know, a guest star possibly recurring. Yeah. I read for the role of Harry Tank. Oh wow! <laughs> and Josh Schwartz liked me, and you know, wrote Big Mike. Huh. And you know, my agents called up and said after pilot season was over. You know, pilot season ended up being a bust. I went to network on four of the five pilots and didn't book any. And then, so I was getting ready to go to go to Maui for a vacation just to sh- you know sh- shake off my lumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my agent says, "Hey, when are you going to Maui?" I said, "Monday." He goes, "Oh, okay, because uh, you're shooting Saturday on this thing, Chuck. It's 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 um, a, a guest star, possibly recurring. They wrote the part for you after, after they saw your audition, and uh, it's probably just kind of a high and by thing. But you know, you may recur." I was like, "Okay." And I ended up doing every episode of the first season. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. Did you uh, did you uh, predict the show would be as popular as it was when it was on? When you I had it? no idea. Um, yeah. But but you know, when I, whenever I'm on a show, I tend to, to watch the numbers. Yeah. And, um, and and because my experience with the George Wentz show was that uh, our numbers were were marginal. Yeah. And. Then when the uh, Oklahoma bombing happened, we got preempted, and I thought we're dead. Yeah, and sure enough, we were. They they killed us, and they were going to re retool the show. But George is like, it's not the actors. So if you're going to change the actors, I don't want to do, don't want to do it. So that that was the end of it. Yeah, but then um, uh, so Chuck, you know, we were winning our time slot except for Monday Night Football and Dancing with the Stars. So we were beating everybody else. Yeah. But then after the, the writer's strike, you know, we didn't do the back nine because of the writer's strike. So we did the first 13 episodes 
So that first 13 episodes, you know, after Monday Night Football, we gained another million million watchers, viewers. And after the strike, when season two started, they didn't put us right back on in our time slot. They played heroes in our time slot for 22 episodes. So we lost a lot of of followers and viewers. So then uh, that, I think that was where our struggles started happening yeah. after, after that. And NBC, you know, they would wait to see if they picked up any of their stuff and before they would, you know, do the deal for Chuck. Yeah. And we lost writers every, every season because of it. Yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, it, I know it was never like a huge hit, but I mean, it's got a really big cult following, which I, I mean, has that, like, I mean, I, I think that's pretty cool. Has, has that uh, affected you in any way? Like your people show up for yeah. a comedy, yeah. you know, which is, which is fantastic. It's like, it's like, I, I don't think, I don't think since I've been on that show, I don't think I've ever been at a show where there hasn't been Chuck fans. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, which is really cool. Uh, what would you say was the, um, like, I, I know that I've, I've noticed that you, you are very, very, uh, very spiritual and very into, into God and everything. Um, how has that um, influenced your uh, career and your life? Um, you know, you, clearly I'm not Christ. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I think I think as Christians, we're mandated to try to be Christ-like. We try to, yeah. you know, follow yeah. his teachings. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, I, I understand that I'm a flawed human being. <laughs> and, and I understand my weaknesses and I pray about them and I have people pray for me and keep yeah. me held up in prayer. And I think, uh, you know, career wise, um, I just go to work. You know, I don't, I don't look at it as like I'm, I'm going to spread the gospel. I'm, I'm going to work. It's like, like yeah. whatever your day job is, you know, people just go do their day job. And so I look at it as my day job and I go do it. Yeah. Um, if there's an opportunity, you know, if, if there's an opportunity to talk to someone about, about God or be, be, because I feel led, then I will. Yeah. You know, but it's not like I'm beating people up with it. <laughs> yeah. And that's always good too, you know, because you don't want to turn <laughs> right, off right. people or anything. You know, yeah. people go, "Oh, here he comes!" <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick, look busy. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a very spiritual per- person. I'm not Christian, but I'm I was raised Catholic, so I'm kind of you yeah. know, I, I just kind of am, I, I'm Baha'i myself. So I, I think that you know, like spirituality is is good in in um in our lives, you know, and having some kind of connection to God helps. I think yeah in, in uh. And guiding your life in any way because it's you know you, you need something to guide you to look forward to in, in life and everything um has it uh you know helped you choose any roles or like deny anything or anything like that i, I don't think so I, I think i i've only i've only turned down three roles my entire career and two of them came on the heels of fear of a black hat where i played a rapper yeah and they were and they were commercials uh, one in Germany and one here, both selling cigarettes, and it felt like the com- because of the rapper thing and because of the the content of the commercial, it felt like they were selling cigarettes to kids, and so I passed. Yeah, you know. And then uh, the other one was it was an episode of of Black Jesus, <laughs> and I read it and I, and I called my agents. I said, "Hey, I'm not trying to take the fast track to hell." <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was just blasphemous. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna pass on this one." And then Rusty was was uh, consulting and and directing on the final season of uh, Black Jesus, 
and ended up being after Charlie Murphy died, ended up being the uh, the what do you call it, the showrunner. Yeah. And so he calls me up and he says, hey, there's this role that I think is perfect for you on Black Jesus. And I had already told him about the fast track. And he goes, he goes, and by the way, it's not going to send you to hell. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Yeah. And so I ended up doing it. It was a lot of fun. But um, but other than those three jobs, I, you know, I never turned anything down. And in fact, I was working on an episode of uh, Touched by an Angel. Yeah. And Della Reese, who was a minister, you know, was in that show. And I had yeah. just watched Harlem Nights, where she is just brilliantly funny with with uh, Red Fox and Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So there was a lot of language in it. And I said to her um, that I had just watched it for like the 20th time the night before I flew out. And I said, uh, did you ever get any flack about, you know, the language in it? And she starts laughing. And she goes, "Oh Lord, they had me cussing like a sailor." And she goes, "She goes, um, I think you're asking me because you're conflicted about work and and some of the things that you get presented with." And I said, "Yeah." And she goes, "Well, let me tell you this: the Lord is not going to open doors for you that He doesn't want you to go through." She says, "You know, take your work." She says, "When your work comes, take it. If people are too obtuse to..." understand that that's not you that that's a character yeah. that you're playing then that's on them she says god's not gonna gonna put you where he doesn't need you he says and, and maybe you're doing that role and you're being on that set because somebody is watching you and they needed to see you and his love shining through you and ever since then i was just like whatever comes up if if, if i like it i take it yeah well, that's good because, I mean, it, it, it's hard. I know sometimes people are like they associate a, an actor so much with the role that they play that they can't separate right. the two. But you got to realize that it's an actor playing the part. Like I listened to an interview once recently with an actor who played a rapist in something. And yeah. people were like threatening his life because he, uh, you know, played a rapist. And it's just like he's like, I'm right. not a rapist. I just played one on TV. You know, it's just not like. You know, exactly. <laughs> You know, people are, are very thick-headed that way. Yeah. Right? For, for example, uh, when I worked with Will Smith on Pursuit of Happiness, um, when it came out, you know, I, I, I ended up doing comedy on a cruise ship, and and they were playing it on a loop on the ship <laughs> in different languages. So any given time of day or night, you turn the TV on, flipping through, you'll see it. <laughs> and so people were coming up to me going, why didn't you give him that money? You know, and they were just so intense about it. I said, you realize I'm not the real guy, right? <laughs> and and it was Will Smith. And chances are I needed the $14 more than Will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like Will Smith isn't Hancock, you know, too, either. You know what I mean? It's like people don't think, you know, don't think he has superpowers. Right. You know? <laughs> Pretty sure he's not going to be able to fly. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, uh, what, um, How's uh, stand-up been lately, like, since uh, since the pandemic and everything? Um, you know, it, it, it was, it was, you know, when the pandemic started, I, I was really busy mm-hmm. in 2019. I mean, it's like, comedy-wise, you know, I really started to take off. Yeah. Um, and I think it was because of dry bar yeah. comedy. I was really getting a lot of bookings and, and toured Canada twice and... Um, 
And then all of a sudden, the brakes skirt, slammed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember. I remember. I finished the tour in Canada in in February. Came home, had a couple of days off, and then uh, had a series of auditions. And then I had one last audition, like the second week of March. And then I was getting ready to get back on the road again. And uh, I did that audition. I called my agents. I said, "I think we got this one." And Right the next week, I started getting phone calls and text messages. Hey, we're going to have to reschedule, you know, emails. You know, we're going to have to cancel. So there's a company that I was doing four events a year for as a host um, corporate thing. And that went away. And from from mid-March to July, everything that I had set up was gone. And then as we got close to July, then the rest of the year (laughs) disappeared. (laughs) And uh, but in June, that one movie came back. So I did that movie in Oklahoma right before they their numbers spiked. Yeah. And I, I got out of there just in the nick of time. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think my biggest fear in, in Oklahoma at that point was we were shooting at this campground and the second AD, uh, by the time I left, had picked 26 ticks off of himself. Jeez, <laughs> and I was like, I, so every night I get to the hotel all freaked out. And I, I'd get into uh, a, a hot tub with 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 Epsom salt and green alcohol just to make sure I didn't have any ticks on me. And then, uh, and then at the end of the year, right before, right before Thanksgiving, I get a call uh, for an audition for a Tyler Perry show. A drama, a new drama called All the Queen's Men. And so I was actually taking a little mental break and, and took a trip up to Sacramento and then popped over to Reno. And while I was in Sacramento, I got the audition for the Tyler thing and did it, just self tape, sent it in. Yeah. And by the time I got home, I was like, hey, uh, they want to hire you. And then, you know, right before Thanksgiving, they sent somebody to take my, to, to take, give me a COVID test, you know, two days before Thanksgiving. And then took another COVID test three days before I flew out. And then uh, they flew me out uh, out of L.A. on a private plane with 22 or 23 other members of the cast that were coming out of L.A. And then we get there and you go into the parking structure, take another COVID test. They put you up in your house on campus and you uh, stay in your room until for four hours until all the tests come back. And then they open up camp. Two days later, you take another COVID test. You get your temperature taken every morning and then a COVID test every four days until you leave. Wow. So it was a safe bubble and, you know, really a great time. And it was it was fun doing the job. And, you know, I made a it's funny thing is I met, met made a really good friend who shared the house with me. You know, there were two actors to a house. And so Mums, Craig Mums, he was on um, Oz. Remember that show Oz? Yeah. He was the poet on Oz. Okay. And uh, he and I really hit it off because we were close in age and we really hit it off. And uh, when it was time to do some pickup shots, you know, he and I talked that Sunday before we were supposed to start working the next week. And and then that Wednesday, he was he was in North Carolina working on something. And that Wednesday, he passed away. Oh, geez. You know, and so it's just, you know, it, it's been that kind of year for me. You know, this year, like I lost 13 people from January. Well, 14 because we lost one today. 
So 14 people since January and um, nine to COVID. Jeez. So it's been it's been it's been a rough haul. But comedy during the pandemic was online and I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) It was so painful. There was only one show that I did online that I loved and it was uh, with with um, Jason Earls. But he did it like a talk show and just sort of set you up so that you just hit jokes yeah. during the conversation. And that was great. But but the ones where they say, okay, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> I was like, just hated I did a corporate thing with Microsoft. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it was, it was uh, 20, 20 minutes they wanted. And, and they had sent charcuterie plates to their, to their employees. And so they're all sitting there with, wine and charcuterie <laughs> and, uh, and, and and animals are running through and kids and <laughs> <laughs> could, could you hear could but you that, hear them that, for that laughter that and stuff turned out okay they, yeah. you know they, they sent me the money so <laughs> yeah could, could you hear the audience for laughter or anything or was, yeah you uh, could hear it um that sometimes you yeah. know like like I, I did about five of those type of shows and sometimes they turn the audience off, and I was like, "Turn them on!" <laughs> like, otherwise, I'm just going on autopilot. Yeah, you know, I did a show in a park one night with uh, it was it was called Drive Up Comedy. So they had a stage, yeah, and it was well lit. And then they had a big screen. People sat in their cars, and it was piped into their radios, <laughs> so you couldn't see them. And you couldn't hear them laughing, but when they would laugh, they would flash their lights and blow their horns. <laughs> so all the comics were hating it, and then I just said to myself, "I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go on autopilot and just not wait for laughs." And I had a great set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just got to be kind of painful because you know the, the 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 interaction of an audience is what's best about anything live, <laughs> right? And, and I think my act depends on it. It's like I, yeah. it's like I depends. It depends on, you know. I and I think it's probably because even as an actor on stage, you know, this director said to me that I have an audience bone. He says, he says you rehearse one way. He says, and he says, and we at this point, I think I had done like six plays with him. He says, he says, and I watch you in rehearsals. He says, but as soon as that audience in, you kick it into another gear. Yeah. And it's like I said because I feed off the audience. It's just like, <laughs> you know. And, and when it's when they're not there, if you can't see them, if you can't connect with them, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've uh, I, I've done a lot of theater myself, and I uh, I know that the reaction of the audience to what you're saying or doing is is important. And then I tried to. I mean, I've I've done a few like independent films like acting on i, I mean i, I yeah. direct, direct as well but i acting in them and it's just so weird to me when i first started doing that because you know you're kind of used to having an audience and then when you don't you know it's a different animal altogether right it's a different way to work yeah and and, and the funny thing is it's it's when you're when, when, you, when i'm doing film it doesn't bother me that that mm-hmm. nobody is is laughing or or crying you know yeah because I know that you know I'm just playing the scene with the, with my scene mate or whatever. Yeah. And and uh, but but you know with comedy it's like you know I'm expecting people to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've I've heard a lot of things. I've talked to a couple other stand-ups about this, and they've they've had uh you know issues with this whole drive-in or 
Zoom uh, comedy and stuff yeah. from there. Yeah. Yeah, most comics don't like it. No. <laughs> the, and the ones that, that and the, the the ones that do the way I look at it is one of two things. Either they're very new at it or not very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um so um when when is that uh that did that uh, Tyler Perry thing already air or is it uh going to air? August. It, August. It, it, it premieres in August. All the Queen Man, all the Queen's Man on BT Plus. Nice. Yeah, because I was curious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, to check that out. Yeah. And uh, speaking of your dry bar, I watched that yeah. recently, and it's just hilarious. Um, the. Uh, oh, thank how, you. Yeah, I, I love the dry bar comedy stuff because I mean, doing you know having people that do clean comedy is kind of cool. I mean, I, I I'm okay with the dirty stuff too, but you know, just as long as it's not you know, <laughs> not like. Yeah blasphemous or anything but the uh the whole um the whole uh yeah the the that dry bar comedy uh scene is really kind of cool um where do they uh where, where was that recorded in provo utah oh wow yeah so so before i went you know a friend of mine <laughs> called me and asked me hey mark have you ever done dry bar comedy i said i said no i don't even know what that is and so she sends me a link and i look at it and i go oh some people that i know are on here it's really funny and she goes she goes well i'm gonna i'm gonna refer you and so she did and they and it just happened that they had a show coming up in two weeks and i was able to get on and um they send you an email that has what provo clean is as opposed to just clean yeah because they want because they want it squeaky and i was like well i need churches so i you know yeah and and i says i'll be fine um and then i realized that i i had four things that were censored in my act and i don't know what they are but but i I noticed you know when i'm watching there's a thing down there that says four censors and so as a as a viewer you can turn them on and turn them off oh wow and (laughs) a friend of mine said he said yeah he says provo he says this is provo queen apparently you can have 10 wives but you better not call one of them fat (laughs) (laughs) that's weird (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) <laughs> the um yeah the that that uh yeah because i mean that's all like mormon country right you know up there right yeah yeah, so, yeah um the uh yeah my uh my uh ex-fiance who i broke up with years ago she she uh she was raised mormon so i i i know a lot she she, she had like all these restrictions when she was a kid of things she could and couldn't do so it was just yeah, yeah so so i understand their their uh bit of you know clean is different than other people's clean <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um uh well i mean just like just like club clean is is you know is not necessarily church clean yeah that's true <laughs> like like a lot of stuff that, that's clean for a club you cannot do in a church <laughs> yeah sometimes it, i mean clean could be just you know you're not saying bad words but then right there could be you know the body parts and all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. And, the, and the topic too could be dirty and exactly church mind and, and i was lucky I, you, you know I, because i started comedy in 11th grade i couldn't be dirty yeah i still, I still <laughs> lived in my mother's house <laughs> her friends from church somebody would see me you know i would do a top dirty comedy somewhere be calling from girl you need to talk to that mark because he, he he out there saying all kinds of nastiness so so i i, I couldn't be dirty yeah. you know yeah. And then I was lucky enough to, to work with a bunch of comics that, that told me, you know, write clean because you can work anywhere. Yeah. You know, Robin Harris, he, he was probably 
one of the funniest comics I've, I've ever seen. It's, it's like he hosted a show for years, the, the Comedy Act Theater in the Merck Park in L.A., and people came to see him. Yeah. Everybody else was just on his show. You know, yeah. It's like, and he was so funny. And he would be dirty, you know, during the, the Comedy Act Theater shows. And I would open for him, like, on a Saturday at 2 o'clock in the park. And squeaky clean, same act. Yeah. And he said, he says, Mark, right clean. He says, a joke that's, that's dirty by premise, you can't clean up. He said, but a clean joke, if you're out in the middle of nowhere and, and everybody is doing filthy jokes and that's what the audience needs, you can dirty a joke up, but you can't clean a joke up. It's dirty by premise. Yeah. And I was like, good. So he, he liked working with me in those situations because I was always clean. That, that's a that's good advice. And yeah, Robin Harris was a legend. I mean, yeah. oh, so funny. so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So sad that he died so young and everything, too. So, yeah. Yeah. I, well, it was like during Harlem Nights, it's like he, he, I thought, you know, he this is going to blow him up. Yeah. This is this was his big break. And then he died shortly after that. I worked with him with him uh, Thursday and Friday. And I was supposed to work with him the following weekend, the following Wednesday at, at the, the Compton Casino. And he didn't show up. Wow. And they said and he had died. And they said, oh, uh, Robin's not going to be here. So we're going to need you to do some more time. And I said, well, I know how much money Robin makes, so I'm going to need some more money. <laughs> <laughs> and that was and that was the first time I headlined was that night. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, what uh, do you have anything uh, coming up like anytime soon, like in, any any other uh, projects or any uh, <clears throat> any movies or any stand up or anything coming up? Um, I'm pitching a show right now. Rusty and I are pitching a show. We're one pitch away from uh, figuring out where to go with it. You know, we're pitching uh, Luba Rockland Entertainment. And then um, uh, I got a call, uh, well, an email from David A.R. White. Uh, I'll probably be doing something for, for Pure Flicks in July sometime. Nice. You know, so they, I think they're, they're starting around the 8th of July. So shortly after that, I guess I'll go to work for a week. That's really cool. Um, so that'll be fun. Yeah. And then, you know, comedy. I'm like this weekend, I'm in in Danuba, which is <laughs> which is Central Valley, California. Oh, okay. And then so I'm there. I'm there. Uh, 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 and then I go from there to do a show in Monterey on Father's Day. Yeah. I'm in Monterey. Nice. Yeah. Um, what um what kind of advice would you give to anybody that's interested in getting into comedy or acting or anything of that nature that my listeners might be interested in hearing? Um. You know, get some training. You know, no matter what you're going to do, you'll try to be the best at it. You know, um, get some training, work at, work hard at it because people are good. People are very good in it. Like, like as an actor, I always tell people if, if, if you don't get training and you show up to an audition and you see me sitting in there, you're not getting a job. Yeah. (laughs) Cause, cause I'm ready. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of actors that are ready. You know, so so get some training, get as much training as you can. Um, you know, good looks is not enough. And I've been pretty a long time. But <laughs> exactly, it's <laughs> you know, still it's still jumping through the hoops. So yeah, you know, get some training, train, train, train. And when you think that 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 you're the best you can be at your craft, train some more. You know, and comedy. You know, a lot of times people think because they're funny at work or funny at school yeah. with their friends 
that you, you can go up and be funny on stage. And, you know, it's very rare that that happens. Yeah. Know exactly what you're going to say before you get on stage. Because the thing about being at work and at school, your friends set you up. Yeah. So that you can hit jokes out of the park. It's like you're telling a story and they're helping you and they're, they're playing your straight man. So as a comic, you're by yourself. you got to set yourself up. So definitely write jokes. Know what you're going to say. Uh, many comics have have started and finished in one night. Yeah, <laughs> I've actually seen it happen. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I've gone to a lot of uh, open mics uh, locally and stuff. And yeah, I've seen some people that like I, I had a friend go up and he's just like, "Yep, that's it. I'm done." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, okay. it's, not, it, yeah. It, it's not for everybody. That's for no. sure. Where, where, where are you located? Uh, Toledo, Ohio. Oh, Toledo. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so, it's yeah. not for everybody. No. What, what's what's the chain out there? Uh, we have a Funny Bone locally. Funny Bone, yeah, yeah. I, yeah we used I to have been a, Funny Bone in years. I get, I got to get out there. Yeah, we used to, um, we used to uh, have a, a local Connections Comedy Club, which was uh, in Toledo itself. And then I used to yeah. go there a lot. And then it closed because people just stopped coming because Funny nah. Bone, Funny Bone, I think, kind of took people away. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that, we, well, at least at least we still have something here. <laughs> yeah, good. I think there's there's a there's there's a influx of, of clubs coming back. Yeah. You know, like in the eighties there were there was a lot of comedy on T V. You know, there was evening at the Improv, there was Caroline's Comedy Hour. Yeah. All this comedy on T V. People stopped going to clubs and it kills a lot of clubs. Yeah. And then but now clubs are coming back. You know, like San Diego is really emerging as a, a, a nice hub of comedy. Yeah. You know, there's uh the Madhouse, there's uh the comedy store American Comedy Company. Uh, there was the Comedy Palace, but they just sold to somebody else. They're re- renovating the space, and they're going to continue to be a comedy club. So there's four full-time comedy clubs there. Nice. And then tons of one-nighters. So so there's, there's um, I think, an influx of, of comedy uh, around the country. And I think, you know, with, with the year that we've had, or a couple of years, you know, we, we need comedy. We need to laugh. We need to embrace each other and, and support each other and lift each other up and, and, and uh, help each other understand that just because uh, we don't look alike, you know, we're not the same. We all bleed the same. Yeah, we all bleed red. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hopefully. I mean, Red, I white, and blue! Yeah. <laughs> America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, um, so um, one question I always like to ask people just uh, out of curiosity, what is your like guilty pleasure movie or TV show? Oh man, that's a tough one because yeah. it, it changes. Yeah, you know, because 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 there was there was a period where Swamp People, yeah, was, was <laughs> my show, and and then Bootleggers was my show, <laughs> and then and then Dirty Jobs, yeah. Um, and so now I think um, I don't think there's anything that because of binging I end up watching all of Every, it in, yeah. a, in a few days. I'm just greedy <laughs> with it. But but I I did watch um, uh, a night in Miami, yeah, and I love that. And then recently I watched them on Netflix, yeah, and it brought back just a rush of memories. You know, I I grew up we were the second black family on our street in Compton. Okay, wow. And I, there's a I guess I had suppressed a lot of memories and and. Um, the people that live right next door to us, our driveways touched. 
And that was the only kid that I, that I remember playing with. And as, as I was watching that thing, man, it's like I started remembering whenever I would go outside, all these other kids, their parents would make them come in the house. Yeah. And so it was, it was kind of like them. Yeah. And, you know, but I was too young to understand that was, you know, we moved to where, where my mother lives to this day, you know, I was, I was in the first grade, so I didn't understand it. Yeah. You know, I just saw another kid. Hey, I want to play with that kid. And his parents made him come in the house. That's so sad. I mean, cause it's, that's something that's taught, not something that, you know, you're born with. I've been saying that for years that, that, yeah. that racism is a, is, is a taught behavior. It's a learned behavior. You you don't, you're not born racist. And if, and if you say you are slap yourself. Yeah. Cause there's no reason. I mean, cause like, like you said, you put two kids together. It doesn't matter what race or right. background they are. They're going to, they're going right. to play in some way, you know, that, because they're, that's kids. a kid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to play with that kid. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it's just yeah because i mean i've i've seen it every day you know like my my nieces and right. nephews you know they don't care who yeah. right yeah right they don't no. it learn learned behavior so it's time to learn something else yeah how about learn love yeah yeah i mean if we, if we all just i mean you can't you know obviously you can't like i mean when, when people say oh i don't see color you know that's that's another story but <laughs> right well, well, if you don't see color then you don't see me in my plight yeah because you got to know you know <laughs> I mean, we got to realize we have differences, but the thing is, is we have more in common than we have different, but we also have the whole, you know, exactly the, the whole, you know, you just got to understand people's struggles and understand people's joys, understand people's pains, you know, just kind of. Right. Yeah. And, and, and how does, how does, how does someone else's pain affect me? Yeah. And, and, you know, what can I do to help? Yeah. You know, I, one of my best friends said to me, uh, right after George Floyd died, he, he, he says, you know, he says, he says, uh, I don't understand the Black Lives Matter movement. He says, he says, you know, this burning of stuff. I said, well, you know, if you watch some of those videos, it's not the Black Lives Matter people that are burning stuff. I said, yeah. it's, it's, it's others. Yeah. I said, I said, and, and, and the thing is, is that, uh, I said, Richard, as my friend, I know your heart. I know who you are. I said, but, but I think what, what needs to happen is, is, um, people like you who who have friends who look like me, you know, need to just start being vocal about you know, the love that's there and, and yeah and 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 uh you know when, when you see something that's that's not right, say something. Yeah, I mean it's like I uh, I work at a I work at a Walmart and I was in there one day and this uh I heard uh, this this like you know stereotypical racist looking white guy in there making fun of these Muslim people that walked in or are Middle Eastern people. I'm yeah. assuming they were Muslim because they were wearing thing and they were making fun of them. I walked up to him and I was like, "Dude, that's not cool," you know. <clears throat> and he's like, "Yeah." He but then he took it out on me. He's like, "Why are you defending them?" And I'm like, "Because." I can, you know, it's just right. Because, because somebody needs to, because yeah. clearly, you know, you, you're not elevated enough. No. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah. And then, you know, of course he was going to try to call the manager on me and I'm like, yeah, go ahead. They'll defend me. I know they will. So, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, you got to stick up for people. And I mean, that, that's like, you know, you can't, you know, especially if you have privilege, like I do as a white man, you know, but mm -hmm. you got to, 
kind of just stick up for people and that's the yeah and not let other people talk you out of it because you know we're we're all we're all one human family <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah absolutely yeah anything else you'd uh want to promote or talk about before we uh before we wrap things up here no, I think I think we pretty much covered it all. You know, yeah. look me up on markchristopherlawrence dot com, and 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 you know, join me. You know, on on Instagram and uh, all, all my social media buttons are on there. Uh, I just started tick TikTok the other day. <laughs> I've had the app for two years and never used it. Yeah. <laughs> and so finally, I started doing something on the other day, and I was like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, I, I I got the app the other day. I, don't, I still don't I still don't get it, but I'll. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every time one of these new social media things comes out, I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm right. I'm, for, I'm 43, and I'm like, what are the kids doing these days? You know, so right, what, like, exactly. What, what, <laughs> I, 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 that's kind of what what my post was. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can see it on on Instagram. Um, but 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 also, you know, check out my dry bar. I, I think yeah. that, that 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 actually helps me keep a roof over my head. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious too. I mean, it's 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 one of my favorite of the dry bars that I've seen. So it's it's great. Um, yeah, and uh, I just wanted to thank you again for taking time out to talk to me. Um, really appreciate it. Big fan of your work. And thank you. Yeah, and um, if you ever want to have anything to promote or anything, you want to come back on, just message me and let me know. Absolutely. I'll, I'll hit you up. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And you have a good night and good sets this weekend at your comedy gigs. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Mike. Take care of yourself. Have a, have a fantastic weekend. You too. Bye. All right. God, God bless. Okay. That was my interview there with Mark Christopher Lawrence. Some uh, great stories there. Um, yeah, you know, a little little bit of there might have been a little bit of uh i apologize for any of the background noise there he was uh recording it in the uh lobby of a hotel when on his way to a gig so <laughs> so we got some background noise in there which is fine because that's, <laughs> that's life man that's life um some great advice he there he gives a character you know yeah and uh you know we, we had some good stories there about his uh about talking to Della Reese on Touched by an Angel and different things like that, which I, I really enjoyed. Um, I, uh, his, he's, he's a very, uh, spiritual guy, which I think is really cool that, I mean, you know, w whatever your, uh, religious beliefs or not, um, are cool. And I think, you know, when you, when, when you're true to yourself in your, in your craft and realize that, you know, you can play characters who are bad and it's fine. Even if you're a very religious person, you know, um, because you're not that character, you know, that that's, that's, that's something that people need to understand when, when you're talking to a, talking about an actor, you know, they're not that character. I mean, Oh no. You know, Robert Downey Jr. Is not Iron Man. You know, I'm just saying, no, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, like for example, like, you know, what, what would this, you know, religious figure think about, you know, Batman, Dark Knight Rises, you know, I mean, it's, you yeah. know, <laughs> Not naming names, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you never know. Anyway, so um, the um, it's it, it it is what it is, and um, so I mean, it was really cool. I mean, make sure he, Mark is a is a hilarious stand up, and one way one one of the ways that uh, you can help him out is uh, check out the Dry Bar Comedy um, special that he did. Um, clean out of Compton. 
and um, it's 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 hilarious. You know, hilarious, clean comedy. I mean, you know, something you can listen to with your kids and still get laughs and everything. You know, it's it's good comedy. You don't have to be dirty to be funny. You know, see, that's what that's what right there is is that takes a lot of talent. You know, because anyone could just say a bunch of bad words or be shocking or whatever. You know. <clears throat> and you know, get some nervous laughter out of people. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it's it's like Mark Mark yeah. was, Mark was saying in the interview. He he was talking about the fact that that uh, he was taught by uh, by by some people, you know, in, in his past um, that you know, write write clean. You can always make it dirty. Right, but you can't always make something dirty clean. You know, is basically the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the the premise. So he's like, if if you write clean, you're going to always be able to work. You can open up for anybody. You know, you know, if 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 you write clean, you can go on tour with you know Brian Regan or something, and then you know who's known for being a clean comic, and uh, but you could probably still do those same jokes with Chris Rock or somebody. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah. What, whatever you, you know, what, 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 whatever you do. And I mean, that, that's, that's a good lesson because the thing is, is like a lot of people will think that it's just funny to say the F word or it's funny to, you know, be gross or something like that. But the thing is, is if, if there's no craft behind that, there's no, it's, you're just saying the F word for the sake of saying the F word and getting a giggle out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. <clears throat> well, okay, I was just saying, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, practicing music. Because, uh, like, one of the things, um, you know, they would teach us in, like, um, orchestra or whatever when I was, like, younger is, you know, actually try to learn the song faster than what it actually is. So that when you actually play at a normal speed, it's not like you're struggling so hard, you know, to do it. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's a little bit different, but, um, kind of see a sort of similarity of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like an an art. They want you to learn how to paint a bowl of fruit, like it looks first, and then you can draw it. Then you could draw or paint an abstract version of that bowl of fruit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, Anyways, um, like I said, be sure to check out, um, we'll have some links in the show notes to stuff about Mark Christopher Lawrence, and, uh, you know, another thing, too, watch Chuck if you haven't yet, you know, it's on, I am, it, I mean, I mean, it's on, um, Amazon yeah. right now, you know, it's a, probably one of the, the best, like, spy shows <laughs> that was ever on TV, really funny, really great, and, and Mark is hilarious in it, um, so, Anyways, that was Mark Christopher Definitely. Lawrence. Um, anything else before we wrap things up here, Matt? Uh, no, no, that's good. Okay. Well, until next time, go to our uh, go to our, go. There's one thing I, you can go to our 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 uh, Patreon. Check out our uh, Patreon there. We got some cool stuff that's in the links. Uh, check out our T Public. Get some cool shirts. Um, also, uh, give us a five star review on um, Apple Podcast. Um, that helps out the show more than you would know. I mean, it helps people find mm-hmm. us. Um, and uh, be kind. Rewind. 
I don't know what that mm-hmm. means. I don't know what that means. I really don't. It's it's okay. I mean, it doesn't mean anything really. Yeah. I mean, it does. It doesn't. Doesn't. It's like it's a it's a um paradox. But actually, you know what we should say? Be kind and live in the present. Ooh, I like that. Yes. Be kind, live in the present, <clears throat> and give each other presents. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Even if it's just the presence of mind. See what I did? Yeah. There? Okay. Anyway, yeah, I did. <laughs> All right. Until next time. <laughs> bye bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real Two podcast, a Cullen Park production, produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.